Weird Things is brought to you by patreon.com slash weird things. Support the show. Hello and welcome to the Weird Things podcast. I'm Adrian, joined by Brian Brushwood. Hello, hello. Mr. Bryce Castillo. Hello, hello. And Joe Diamond, our co-host, as always, is here with us always, today, too. Always. As always. As always. Yeah. As always. From the beginning. I mean, We're actually, like, what's funny is normally that's the big joke, but uh, but Joe's been writing in for, for like, what, half a decade? Oh, oh, <laughs> Asking oh, I, for advice and stuff. Oh, I've been listening since uh, the scenario of Houdini and the Pyramids. And, yes! Like, the and oh, stuff. Like, that was like one of the first <laughs> 10 episodes. Oh, I'm man. an OG hey, listener. That's amazing. <laughs> a scenario that I... As you said it, I didn't know what the hell you're talking about. I had to stop and think about it and go, I don't know about you guys, but I have the worst autobiography. As, as, as narcissistic as I am, I have the worst autobiographical memory. Well, and we've talked about this, how like after a show, when you're performing, you're so dialed in on the, the small details and having the next line queued up. There, there really is this strange amnesia that comes over you. Yeah. It's like, it's like uh, everything only enters short-term like RAM memory and there's no need to write it on the hard drive, especially when you know it's been recorded and it's out there. So as a result, like months later, somebody brings something up and you're like, yeah, that sounds like something I'd say. Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. I've, I've had to refer to my own books and penguin lectures to see, to answer questions from people I, like, I, I, hey, I, I, when you do this trick, it's like this, right? And it's like, totally not uh, pulling up my own lecture on my phone. <laughs> my wife's like, are you watching yourself again? It's for someone else. It's okay. <laughs> I'm with my novels. Oh, when this thing happened, I'm like, sounds like something I'd write. <laughs> cool. It's sick. I, you know, I'm, I, I'm in the world of where I do sequels, you know, basically do the series, which is great. But then it's like, oh my God, like, what's the father's name? Who's this? <laughs> you know, and like, why wasn't this character there? Oh, there just wasn't room. I forgot they existed. <laughs> well, and plus also, like, this is the kind of thing that in the imaginations of everybody at home, they imagine you have like a big whiteboard with everything written down or whatever that you consult. Truthfully, uh, 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 tell me if I'm out of line here, but I, I think a lot of folks rely on assistants who really, you know, read and understand the lore and they're like, like, like they, they, they pre-attack all of the fan uh, discontinuities. I don't know. I think a lot of them just do their research. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm lazy. I'm very lazy. That's what the editor's so, uh, supposed to do. That's that's that's, that's very well, I have we have I have continuity. Yeah. Like, well, you know, in your last book, you were reporting that so the eye color was this, and now it's this, and I'm like. The lighting was different. <laughs> the, the contact lenses. That was the... Yeah. God damn it. Bryce, uh. you should have been there. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't you hire away, Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> I just, and you get, you get people who point out like, like, oh, this hotel does. I'm like, yeah, I made, I made up. These books are fiction. I made it all up, folks. <laughs> it's all a lie. That hotel you know? doesn't face south. <laughs> It's like it, and I had somebody point out something too, like the way I did the last names, like in uh, certain countries, like last names indifferently if you're male or female, which is like, like a fact I knew, but a fact I just ignored and I wrote a name, and somebody's like, "Hey, you didn't do this," and like, "Well, you're you're right," but also, do we have to? Like, because there's your people trying to change it, but I'm also no in my universe. This is the way it works. <laughs> <laughs> That's just Earth B, 
Earth B, yeah, that's you, an appropriate name over there. Yeah, you are wrong. You know, <laughs> Seattle is on the East Coast, in my book. <laughs> you know, the uh, sun sets in the East, rise in the West. Everyone knows that. So, uh, gentlemen, let me ask you here. Uh, do we all feel like we're living close to our best life? Uh, more, more this week than last week, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're doing pretty good over here. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Good. So, unless uh, unless you think there's room for improvement, um, um, I'm not telling anybody how to live their life, let alone how to live their best life, because you know there could be. I mean, I mean, well, if I mean, your there best might be a book is, in it for you. Have you ever considered yeah. writing a book? Well, and also if like, well, I mean, if you're like, I want to like start forest fires and stuff. No, don't do that. Right, but. If you're, what would you see yourself doing at 90 when you hit 90? Oh, you know, what's funny is it's very close to what I already do, which is give advice. (laughs) (laughs) I apparently love giving advice. And I think I can do that well into my 90s. So who's grandpa? Who's grandpa talking to at the picnic table? There's nobody there. In my day, they used to watch videos on the phone. I talked to an 88 year old who's clearly (laughs) retired. I'm like, so what do you want to do with your life? All right, where are you headed? How can I help? What's your What's your house? Where do you work? Yeah, let me tell you about Cabo. Right. Uh, (laughs) Um, sorry. The question again is what What is What are we doing when we're 90? Yeah, 90. What do you see yourself doing at 90? Mm. What, what we'd like or what we think is actually going to happen or both both yeah. i think i think at 90 i would want a, a very quiet life i would want to i think i would want to be around around my family and my loved ones and uh, uh make them and the world a better place at 90 dead or Oh, no. geez. <laughs> All right. Uh, you, you know what? If, 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 if what I'm seeing in the chat room is in any indication, you may rethink that. Uh, uh, Andrew, I think I know where this is headed. <laughs> well, it was you heard it here first, unless you heard it elsewhere. We talked about the rumor of who is going to be going up on the next Blue Origin space flight. And it's been confirmed. 90-year-old oh William God. Shatner is going to effing space. So, uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty epic, pretty epic that, that, uh, we've all lived long enough to see William Shatner go into space. Oh my God. Get buckle up for everybody to discover for the first time his, uh, uh I think it was an Emmy performance of rocket man. Uh, that's going to be, yeah, it's going to be amazing. Oh God. Do you remember? Yeah. I don't remember the name of the show, but there was he did the like Star a reality Trek? show where he went back to his. <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> yes, that Just, one. But yeah, okay. but no, he did this reality DJ show a <laughs> where. Yeah, exactly. Where he went to like the town that I guess Captain Kirk like is supposed to be oh, yeah, from. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he punked them all into like doing ridiculous things for like the show that was never going to happen. Oh, like he just kept making people that's, say like, that's so like, embarrassing. Take I would take. want to leave the planet. Well, well, it's it's amazing because yeah, exactly. It's amazing because he gets these small town folks to like just do take after take of just like yelling at the sky, going no, and they're doing it because <laughs> William Shatner is telling them to do it. Oh yeah. Uh, is is that it? Is this a yeah, better late than it's never? A better late than never. Uh, does American from twenty sixteen or so. Yeah. 15, 2016? I think or even earlier? before that. Oh wow! I, I think wow. that might that might be before it even. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so fiction becomes reality. So when are we getting, is he getting teleported up there? That's the next question. No, it's it's Blue Origin, you know. <laughs> if, if he was teleported, it would be slightly slower than the SpaceX teleporter. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. So uh, think about this. Uh, it was not 20 years ago, not 30 years ago, not 50 years ago. 60 years ago. It was 50. It was uh, 50. Yeah, it was 58 years ago. Holy 58 God. years ago that he did Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. Uh, the There's Twilight Zones. Yeah. Oof. Wow. 58 years ago. That is amazing. Yeah. Jeez. To, to go back and watch that episode of him on there as pre-Star Trek, pre-all that, and to think, yeah, you know, almost 60 years from now, this guy's going to be in space. space. <laughs> Wow, I, uh, is this? He, he's actually gonna do this, right? Is he actually gonna do this? Is it? I mean, this is. I guess yeah. when we talked about it last week, we we had we we talked about the other astronaut who was in her eighties who had gone up, who but, was very hale and hearty, fit, 70s. trim, and yeah. uh, like like uh, I, I was. I am free to admit, uh, completely Funk. skeptical at the time, uh, mainly because uh, that seems like dangerous cargo to treat well uh, uh and 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 the uh, downside liability of being the guy who's rocket you know uh I, 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 I didn't even want to say it out loud but uh, it seems to me like there's a significant downside if everything does not go perfectly according to plan uh and which I, would be I figured a, yeah. people would be risk averse but apparently I'm wrong Right. I mean, that to me, those are all reasons why they would find a reason for him not to be on that rocket that day. Right. For some reason. And oh, last and minute. I, so you're still skeptical. I, I think that there's I think there's a non-zero chance that that that, that he finds a way to not, not that he's worming away and like not any sort of judgment on that. But I think mm. that there's a good chance that this doesn't happen. All right. Let me let me clarify. And, and I don't want to disparage anything. Uh-huh. Remember, this is not an orbital rocket. Right. This is not right. not like watching a SpaceX rocket. It's not going 20,000 miles an hour. Right. It's not going, it's going three G's. We're 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 certainly going fast, but yeah, not that maybe fast. at the peak. Maybe it's three G's or something. But it's like it, it is it's not it's it's a different the maximum speed is because that's one of the reasons that they use this for tourism is that, you know, uh, it's not going to be going like crazy acceleration uh, jds3k in the chat is saying fake space um uh, I, I believe compared to virgin galactic you could make a case that virgin galactic is definitely fake space but 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 this is significantly farther up this is past the carmen line this is this is as legitimate as um uh alan shepherd uh uh going to space uh, yuri gagarin yeah yeah you know so yeah so uh it's it's space not orbital and you know is he gonna fight can... the gorn while he's up there oh jeez! <laughs> and someone like just wear that costume just, just pull out the mask <laughs> yeah. and be like just, come on come just on, once come on. Dude, give me the come double on. fist yes. <laughs> <laughs> i love that you can um uh vlasquez rocks is where those were that was shot which you can go to in la which is really fun i'll take my friends out there i love just i love how in. many other movies it shows up in Oh, a ton of them. But I like, I'll, you walk and you see the two rocks, then you see that thing, and you're like, oh, cool. And then I'll just start fighting my friend randomly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I, I guess William Shatner gave a quote to Blue Origin about this. Uh, quote, I've heard about space for a long time now. 
<laughs> I'm taking the opportunity to see it for myself. What a miracle. Now, that I, does sound like a 90-year-old. That's really good. <laughs> I've heard of this space you speak of. Well, it's him. I mean, you know, I don't, if you watch this, he is so sharp in interviews. He is so sharp, it's hard to believe he's 90. Yeah. Well, and, and, and on top of that, um, mm, there is kind of a curious irony to, like, the last time I saw him talk about private uh, privatized space travel he was bagging on it saying that it's not possible and we're never going to go to mars uh and and now here he is hitching a ride which again like i'm i'm just i'm nothing but cheering i'm like another convert another person who cannot dispute that privatized space travel seems to be working out yeah and if if elon musk wanted to play this game which he doesn't but if he wanted to i could see him getting like Patrick Stewart, uh, LeVar oh Burton, just getting no, like all no, fully, fully crew no, a dragon no, 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 get, with the entire no. cast of the next generation. No. Oh, I'm so all in. <laughs> no, no, get get the J.J. Abrams cast. No, just, no, no. No, <laughs> no too expensive. Uh, no, that's what I'm saying. That's how he'd mess it up. <laughs> yeah. No, Bezos, but I mean, Bezos is a super Jex Gen fan. So if, he, if Elon put the mm. next generation crew in there, you know, Bezos would be like, Musk. <laughs> you I mean, see the Saturday Night Live episode uh, where they did Bezos and uh, yeah, I did not. It's, it was kind of funny. Then was that, Elon was that Musk pops this up. week or yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I, I, I did see in my YouTube feed a whole bunch like they did a, apparently a very good Norm Macdonald tribute, and mm. I couldn't bring myself to look at it. Yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, also, I did not realize that this this um, mission we were talking about is in a little over a week this yeah it's coming up that's that's very close i i wow that's yeah. that's cool because normally we hear about like oh this you know this this person who built a paypal is going into space and then it's like months and months and months and months and months but well those are i mean that's <laughs> real space though i mean this is, <laughs> this is literally also also <laughs> that's a previous generational news cycle we live in a news cycle where uh, a week is an eternity so no, so I, this this yes. seems like an appropriate time to announce if you've been doing all the hard work behind the scenes well like yeah but a spacex and orbital launch is a lot this is a thing sitting in jeff's backyard yeah you want to go <laughs> well, look you guys want to go cool he was like he was at like a cocktail party last week and ran a chat like hey i want to talk to you i have any i have a crazy idea i got a thing in my backyard revs my it on a cylinder really cool. corvette or something like <laughs> yeah oh no hop Lady in let's go Asked the lady down the street. Turned out she was like part of this program to show that women could be astronauts too. Really awesome, all along. So if you want to go do it, we can do it. Cool. <laughs> I just I'll just call the guys, have them fuel it up. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, is so I I guess my assumption is because I'm still thinking of in the big uh, going to real real space and and all of the processes to that for for say, say something like this, however real it may or may not be. I'm assuming that like there's not a huge like training procedure or there's still a ton of health and safety checks ahead of time. I mean, you're so still launching do, off the planet. They're like, okay. Seatbelt for your foot. Seatbelt for your head. <laughs> <laughs> no, <it's> like, <clears throat> they're literally, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll have a whole training thing, but you're like, you're spending like four minutes. It's like four minutes in space. It's right. like, oh, okay. you know, but, but it's, like, like, it's, it's space mountain. From what I remember, uh, oh man, way back in the day, uh, 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 10 plus years ago, I remember, uh, totally rad show did a segment where, uh, Alex Albrecht, um, uh, went flying with the blue angels and 
uh, he was given the, you know, I'm sure there's training in terms of advice to keep from passing out at high G's. He's like, hey, we're going to pull a hard uh, G turn. When you do, make sure to go hick and then and then kind of hold your breath. And, and, and you could see him doing that during that stuff. Mm. So I, I'm sure there's there's some amount of, you know, get ready for this, get ready for that, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I would bet. But again, it's not. Yeah, when it, they it, were doing in my head, it's the big spinner test, and they yeah, gotta do all the big. When <laughs> yeah, when you're putting four people into a SpaceX capsule, it's gonna be going around for three days and stuff, and you got toilets and all sorts of other stuff and procedures and spacesuits and stuff. That's a big. It's a big. A lot more to it. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Who? What? Like, what is the next frontier in terms of celebrity casting for these mm. space trips? I I would say that with like is it going to be mainstream well, is like are are they going to have have start having like Well Tom big... Cruise is supposed to be going up on on right. a SpaceX capsule you know that that's there's the Russians are shooting a movie there's a next like the upcoming uh Soyuz mission where they're putting some like bringing up an actress and they're got a director and they're going to shoot some stuff part of a movie hmm. but then for SpaceX, like that's they're supposed to be like I think the uh, the Doug Lyman Tom Cruise. I think that's a plan is to do that. So, and I think you know it was interesting too because you know there was criticism of the Inspiration Four that there wasn't a lot of video footage, but then like Jared Isaacson's like, yeah, no, we don't get the video downlinks like NASA does. It's not like we can be up there just be broadcasting and say hello. Right, we have to re- like, oh, yeah. record locally and then handle it. Yeah. Hmm. What about like royalty or a politician or someone like that? You think going to space? You think like, yeah, you know, part of the that, next. That's wild. That would be the I, next. I, I wonder if, if there's not some kind of like um, inadvertent messaging that you're doing if you actually send a member of the government up. Um, like it, I, I could picture it causing international friction if it was, however, slightly implied that any one country was, you know, uh, sending government mm, officials. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, but we, we, you know, we, we put John we did that Glenn, with John Glenn on. yeah. And then we well, had was a Kuwaiti prince that we put on. Uh, you know, I'm trying to remember who that was, but we, we put, we, we've sent I, like, I'm thinking some, like during an election, like as like the stunt. Oh, no, like, Saudi prince. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, That's exactly like Sultan, that idea. The, <laughs> yeah. Sultan bin Salman al Saud, uh, he went up. So mm. he he's a Saudi prince, and we put him up on STS fifty one. Boy, that's which, a smug look that only an astronaut can summon. <laughs> like that's right. I seen I seen all y'all from space, <laughs> and that to me felt like you know a favorite of the Saudis. Yeah, you know, no knocking him or whatever. And by all means, dude, good on you. But that was like yeah, sending John Glenn up was like, you know. Okay, you know it's cool that you went up, but like you know, now <laughs> he went up the risky way, of, uh, mm-hmm. aka on a space shuttle. Yeah, yeah. So did the Sultan. Yeah. Um, so, anyhow, uh, I think that as far as yeah, like what next big things? Like, I mean, it's because it's anybody you know can basically charter or you know rent one of these things out. Then it, then it becomes less impressive to a, to a certain degree. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, in our lifetimes, we're going to mm-hmm. see going to space be about as novel as going on a cruise. Oh, yeah. How, Bill Nelson. How wild is that? 
Yeah, our, our current NASA, Bill Nelson. They sent him to space too. I don't. Wow. I do not know who. I, I I know who we should send. Joel Hodgson. Joel's uh, awesome. <laughs> from, from Mystery and, Science and Theater. And we'll send him TV movies, yes. the worst we yes. can find. Yes, send him. <laughs> He'll send have him. to sit and watch Let's them all it. while we monitor He's earned mind. it. He's seen enough of that. He's seen and curated <laughs> enough of those. He's earned to get, do it for real. God, could you imagine the deadpan broadcasts <laughs> coming from Joel Hodgson? And yes, yeah. yes. Joel's, Joel's great. Joel's great. Uh, uh, talked to him a little while ago before he did the, the latest launch, which they got fully funded on for the new MST. Okay, so Ooh. here's the thing. Bill Nelson, we've had two sitting senators, sitting members of Congress, two members of Congress have gone into space on the space shuttle. Huh. Does that seem fair, good, responsible, lacking in grift? I mean, no, <laughs> it seems like none of those. <laughs> I mean, is it a, is it a, yeah, I'll drink a glass of our own town's water supply type of thing? Or is this a, like a, not like there's thousands of people that have been in the astronaut training corps at NASA, fully qualified scientists Absolutely. and researchers sure. that want to sure. go it's, up there. It's a little bit more like, yes, I did appropriate all of our town's fund to create the world's coolest roller coaster. But I hear you. Many of you think it's unsafe. Allow me to demonstrate how awesome and safe it is by riding it. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Now I'm going to ride it again. You'll get your turn when I feel like it. Keep going. Uh, these are not. Uh, like, these are not special ops stuff. These are. These are the last people in the world you would have anything to do like that. Mm. This literally is NASA playing politics to say. And behind the scenes, somebody says, "You know, he wants to go to space. Come up with a reason to go to space." To me, it's like. I love NASA. This is what I hate about it. Yeah. Many people you know. feel like the new ride Smuggler's Run at Disneyland, oh, at Disney I, World, is very sorry. unsafe. I will prove how safe it is by playing it all day today. I'm sorry. I just got a text that I've been invited to some sort of media personality, NASA training, astronaut program. Let wow. me explain to you. I think what NASA is doing is amazing, <laughs> and I think this is great, and I fully support it. Oh, this. man. Uh, ambassador to space, Andrew Maine, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you what, man. If you want to send Andrew Maine to space, uh, yeah, because because yeah. send him, <laughs> then you can head on over to Patreon.com/slash Weird Things. That's where you keep our show loud, live, and independent. Just a buck an episode. That's all we ask. You get your own RSS feed, and we show up to bring you the weird things. <laughs> Patreon.com/slash Weird Things. Yeah. So it was Jake Garn was a sitting senator, too, who went. Good Lord. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, it's but, like, but uh, these are similar. We're, we're, these are we're similar seeing a live like Woodward and Bernstein moment as you uncover, like they've all remember, been to space, Brian. Glenn, you don't understand. That's the I only remember, reason anyone runs for anything. <laughs> well, I remember Glenn going up and I'm like, going up again. I'm like, it's cool. I like, I like John Glenn. I'm like, well, that seems this, but then like Garn and Nelson are both sitting senators sitting yep. in this. And you're like, both it's both parties. Garn's Republican, Nelson's a Democrat, and you're like, well, this is just so, you know, of all three hundred plus million Americans, we decided to choose. 
Well, two members are actually, you know, politicians who affect our budget. Andrew, I want to you to know that I hear you loud and clear. You don't think this water slide is safe or a good <laughs> investment for the government. I'm going to prove to you that it's totally safe by riding it all day. <laughs> You're worried about these comfy front row seats at the premiere of Dune and the soft drinks <laughs> and the beverages. Is I it safe to watch uh, Dune? I am bravely will lead from the front by finding out. Yeah. It's all right. You know what? The David Lynch version wasn't that bad. Yeah. Yes, it's, it has its charm. Agreed. All right. Gentlemen, I want to present to you a mystery. Okay? Oh, good. Mm. Bryce, can you pull up an image of Meteor Crater? Absolutely. We're looking at Meteor Crater. If you guys are familiar with Meteor Crater, you know, yeah, that's where it's uh, in. Is it in Arizona or down in Mexico? I believe it's in Arizona. Okay. Um, uh, it's, 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 uh, uh, I remember it being featured prominently in the movie Starman. Starman. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's this perfectly carved out ice cream scoop of Earth. It's, it's really extraordinary. Uh, and I'm told that, uh, in fact, as a matter of fact, there was an NPR piece on it. Uh, uh, where somebody went there and, and you listen to him sort of really stand on the edge and process just how big it is. It's one thing to look at the ice cream scoop. It's another thing to really comprehend, geez, this is a big old ice cream scoop that just got taken out. So if you were to walk down into this crater towards the middle there, you would find a chain link fence and in the middle of the chain link fence, you would find a large borehole where somebody dug straight down. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is, I assume, for scientific purposes, they did this. We'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> At the bottom of the borehole, bottom of the hole, you would find wreckage of an airplane. What? Uh, what? What kind of airplane? Like modern, like. like a Flintstones pterodactyl airplane. Okay, all right, all right. So like, no, oops, uh, okay. uh, like a Cessna, like a plane like that. Okay, yeah. okay. So, so, something that you would expect from recent history. Did, okay. did somebody commit suicide by flying straight down into the borehole in the middle of a uh, no. uh, meteor crater? No. Did, okay. Are, 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 are they pranking people? No. Uh, you know, was, was this on MTV's uh, Punked? <laughs> like, no. man, we're going to put a Cessna at the bottom of this borough. We put Lance Bass in a plane and we crashed it into Meteor Crater. <laughs> won't scientists be like mind screwed? It's amazing. Okay, so it's, it's in, in the center. Is it covered by anything? Like, do you have to take a ladder nope. to get down to it? There's just a... Well, like, like I mean, you, it's just a fence, just chain link fence to keep you from like, whoa! Okay, but you look down at the edge of the chain link fence and there's the Yeah, you, you look down, the that's, the way, that's the way holes work, Joe. No, okay, I, okay well, but like, you can't get down uh, in, is oh what God. I'm saying. Oh my God, welcome to I, the show, Joe. I, I, I'm, I'm so, I'm, like, I'm I feel a, like you, you're fully initiated now. Are. <laughs> are you, Joe? 
Um, so, so, uh, I haven't uh, had any complaints yet. All right. No, so, is there a ladder into the hole? No, no, no. Uh, what, like, what, do what, I need what, help getting to the plane or do I need to? I'm, I'm still, your, your comeback was great. I'm still okay. laughing at it. Okay. Thank <laughs> you. All right. Um, so, so, so if I'm understanding you correctly, this is something they unearthed that, 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 that it wasn't the hole was there first and then the plane went in. It's like the hole dug down and discovered the plane. You ask me a question. Uh, I'm asking you: uh, Is the plane surrounded and embedded in the dirt uh, the way like dinosaur bones would be? No, that would be effing weird if it was, though. Right? <laughs> well, if only we were on a show called Weird Things. I know. If only <laughs> where like it, that would be brought it, up. It, it turns out it's a, we're only moderately weird. Yeah, things. moderately <laughs> weird. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, okay, so the whole, uh, I, I'm going to assume, uh, uh, these are my suppositions so far, guide me to the extent that you think I need it. Uh, I assume, number one, that the borehole, um, I know this is a valuable place because of uh, the fact that you have, you know, uh, asteroid matter coming in. I know it was instrumental to um, start uh, to trying to figure out the age of the, of the uh, planet. Uh, uh, because it was, you know, the, the force of, you know, I don't know, a hundred or a thousand atomic bombs, whatever. Um, uh, uh, so I assumed the borehole was essentially like an ice core that they dug for scientific purposes. And the best guess I have is that a, a, a kookaburra guy crashed a plane in there just, just because. Huh? As I say that, that sounds pretty dumb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to give you okay. a little bit of history. So, okay, um, this this uh, it had many names: um, Crater Mountain, Meteor Mountain, Meteor Crater, and two other names, which I won't name because they may be considered politically insensitive now. Oh no! Um, uh, you know, people don't always know what it was. You know, the whole idea of meteors was something controversial. There's a letter about you know Thomas Jefferson opining on meteors because some you know researchers in you know, had made claimed they'd had like found meteor rock and uh, Jefferson made some comment like, I, 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 I believe it more likely two Yankees are making up a story about rocks falling from space or something, you know, just this. Which, which by know, the way, is a healthy, skeptical default position, because like, let me get this straight. Uh, I can either believe that you got drunk and saw air quotes something, or I can believe that rocks fall out of the sky. All right. BRB going to write the Declaration of Independence, you know? There's, and there's, if you go to Monticello, there's a, uh, there he actually has like a ma like a mammoth skull, a woolly mammoth skull there, right? And when he sent Lewis and Clark out, that's one of the things he, I think to Mary Lou Lewis is like, hey, like, look for these. Like, we don't know, maybe there's some of these still walking around there. Cause like, you know, America was this big, wide, who knows what was out there. Yeah. And they didn't find them, but then they found grizzly bears. And that's like reading the accounts of the Lewis and Clark expedition and grizzly bears is fun because mm. it's like, what? That's oh, a bear. I, I got bears. I got this. I'm like, no. <laughs> you're like, um, Ooh, that's a, you're a big fella, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, terrified. So I think we could write a horror story just about that. So, so anyhow, we're, we're, we're looking at the hole right now and it's, it's got that same, yep. There's a chain link fence to keep people from okay. fall, falling right in. Mm. Uh, and a chain link fence around it. Yeah. So let me let me give you some. So wait, how, uh, how how does that work? What the hole? How does that work, Andrew? 
I'm, I'm still waiting for you to explain it. No, no, he okay. is okay. explaining okay. it. Okay, yes. okay, yes. all right. Good, good, good. We'll get to it. Okay, we'll get to okay, it. okay. Give you a little background because okay. at first, like, what caused this? What did this? Okay. And one of the explanations for it, because meteors were still kind of a sketchy thing, there was a, a mineralogist, Alfred Foote, who'd been looked at meteorites, you know, recognized that rock from there probably came from meteorite, but Grove Carl Gilbert a name that you had to be born in the 1800s to have hmm. uh, from the US, U.S. Geological Survey concluded it was a result that the crater was because of a volcanic steam explosion. What? The San Francisco volcanic fields are only about 40 miles away. So there are some volcanic fields near there. And at that point, they're like, maybe it was a steam explosion because he's like what they believed at that point. He says, oh, there should be meteoric material around the rim. Uh, you know, there should be a lot more material available there. And he also figured that in the center, it should affect like a compass, you know, that should pick up a magnetic field. And so he's like, I don't, I don't think this was. Then a mining engineer businessman, David and Beringer said the crater was produced probably by the impact of a large uh, iron italic meteor. And he got a land patent, basically the right to exploit it from Teddy Roosevelt. No kidding. To go in there. And he, yeah, wanted to go try to, you know, dig up because he wanted to find the iron. You know, his goal was to find that. And so they started digging boreholes in there to try to dig down because they thought somewhere at the bottom of there and like space mining began in, you know, the early 1900s, folks. This guy was trying to dig down in there actually way before if you look at some meteoric iron and how it shows up. And Oh, you know, oh, oh my God, I, I have a theory. I have a theory, if, 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 if I may. Um, yeah. my theory is that not only, uh, so, so as you said, uh, he got the land grant cause he was looking for iron. Um, he dug down, that is the result of the mining expedition. And I suspect he found the actual meteorite. Is, is that right? So the problem is there really wasn't a solid meteor to find. Because the thing, the energy from the thing basically exploded on an impact. And so there's a little piece, there's a little piece. The meteor was everywhere. It was everywhere. There wasn't some big, huge rock embedded in the ground, which is because that's the, you know, this thing just exploded entirely. So right. there, there was no meteor. So this guy wasted his entire fortune, half a million dollars, you know, like 1920s money, uh, you know, like that, that present that day, half a million dollars, which would be millions of dollars today, trying to find it, never found it. And then basically some paper, you know, about the time he died, a research paper came out and said, you know what, we think, we think maybe like uh, this damn thing blew up. Now, for uh, a comparable impact to get a kind of an idea of a comparable thing was uh, the Siberian explosion. The Tunguska blast. Mm -hmm. The Tunguska blast was probably about the, roughly the same size amount of value, which, you know, this one happened 50,000 years ago. Tunguska was, you know, 1910 uh, or 20 yeah around that point and so they dug a bunch of bore dug boreholes trying to find it couldn't find it and then uh in 1964 two pilots in a Cessna 150 flew over the crater now the problem is that you forget that like flying an airplane particularly a plane like that like i was watching the james bond movie and they're talking about whether she remember uh uh the Bond movie with the the the, the drug cartels and whatever. Uh, this would the, be during the Timothy Dalton era. Yeah, the Timothy Dalton. Yeah. yeah, And so they shot a lot of that in Mexico, and they said, "Yeah, we had to shoot the airplane sequence earlier in the day because in the day the plane just couldn't fly." 
wow. because of the heat. And so this airplane flew over, flew into the caldera or flew into the, the crater and could not get enough lift to make its way back out of it and was no stuck. kidding. Oh. Crashed, failed. So they had to, you know, the crash the plane and I believe they survived, but they had all this wreckage in the middle of there. So we got a hole. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. So who, who makes the call? Is it, is it, is it the wait. pilots push the wreckage in or is it the people no. pulling the part with like the people, Man, the I don't people want to clean this up. <laughs> the people it, who it was littered. Crater. It was littered. It's a fake meteor. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. no the, pl uh, the, the uh, plane uh, was littered. Like imagine, right. imagine you're the park uh, uh, executive and you've got this wreckage everywhere that's ruining your beautiful scenic park. Yeah. You got two choices. You can Pay to have it. figure out how to Take get it out of this big ass crater. Get it on. Or you could just push it on down that hole. <laughs> really? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> How much would you pay to be to like push a piece of a plane? Oh, into that? an infinite like, hole at the bottom of a hole? freaking yes. crater. Like, tell me, <laughs> tell me you wouldn't like at I, least I mean, like I, I, check I, your I, bank account I, to I, see uh, before you started bidding. I mean, I, like, I, I'd give you a hundred right now, even if you just lie to me and tell me I will <laughs> get to. So the uh, finally kind of the final uh, the thing that sort of sealed the nail in the coffin as far as what it was was actually eugene shoemaker wrote a paper published a paper explaining this is what the cause was this is why you're not going to find the thing down there shoemaker who you may know was a co-discoverer of shoemaker levy oh, which wow. was the comet that went in and hit jupiter right uh, uh as a matter uh, of fact uh, uh uh oh no no no, sorry that was hail bop but uh but shoemaker levy uh man uh, I think it broke into seven or, or nine pieces and just created the most spectacular uh, uh, solar system amateur astronomy event of, of my lifetime. Yeah, it created a scar on Jupiter as it went into it, which is incredible. So cool. And that's, uh, and he, he, unfortunately, he passed away um, from before, right before this happened. He was actually in Australia going to look at another crater impact site. So <laughs> in uh, the chat, JDS3K. <laughs> Like you never dumped your <laughs> old plane in a meteor crater, mine old oh. hypocrites. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just what a imagine that they buried it. They just filled in the hole, and some researchers later on are going to explore this. And, to and, try and to then it actually becomes that scenario <laughs> where it's just like we found a weird man-made metal well, object underground. Well, it's like the prop uh, Nessie that they keep finding on scans at oh, Loch Ness. at the bottom of Loch Ness. Yeah, yeah That's they funny. built it. Have you heard the story? No, I haven't. It was no. like for some like uh, Sherlock Holmes movie, and they built oh. this massive like you know Nessie Nessie, and ironically, it sank. Like before they could f like finish filming with it. So, so now went. all of the so Loch Ness now when Hunters. you scan, when like scanners will see like the shape of, of Nessie at the bot when they're like scanning it and they're like, oh, there's something down there. Oh, that's so great. So this prop so has good. become part of the, the lore. Turns out now uh, there is a Nessie. Yeah. Yeah. I found the article on that. Uh, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing story. Bryce, do you have this? No, no. Uh... <laughs> I'll put it. Put in the Man. chat. You know, in everything age, it makes me feel it, like uh, people are only going to move faster and faster to plant these things. The moment uh, uh, a, a rumor so, goes around, so, they're so going to make the it problem. real. One time, one time. Yeah, every detail Joe said is exactly 
as it happened, it's true. There's the prop. I remember that from the, the Sherlock Holmes movie. There's Nessie. Bug Which Sherlock Holmes movie is it? Oh, and there's the scan. There's the scan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. That's, that's so good. That's a lot. Uh, that's, the that's Private Life of Sherlock Holmes. Private Life of Sherlock Holmes. There we go. It's a, uh, it a humorous sort of one take out of it. Yeah. So, yeah, there's uh, the. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. We found Nessie. She's yep. dead. We're sorry. <laughs> that's brilliant. Now, what uh, if this is just too? What if that? What if? What if the prop has been eroding over time, but then a new little Nessie has been growing right next to it? Oh, one that, day, one day this this thing's gonna be gone, and we're gonna wonder where it went, and it's gonna be the real Nessie. So, by the <laughs> way, so saying. that had Mycroft, who is like Sherlock Holmes' smarter brother, was played by Christopher Lee in there, and. I don't know how much you know about Christopher Lee, but if you want to say if the if you want to put the list of the most interesting man in the world, oh yeah, he he is. Uh, this is a guy that actually World War II had worked uh, British intelligence. He's uh, cousins with like Ian Fleming too, which is like crazy. Mm -hmm. And he's people say he's got like this encyclopedic kind of memory, speaks so many languages and stuff. And it just I was going through like this James Bond kick, and they got to the man with the golden gun. And Christopher Lee, and I'm like, yeah, every time, like I watch some of the behind the scenes of The Hobbit and, you know, Lee, they would be, they would take them forever to shoot some of the stuff because Lee would go on with stories and nobody wanted to stop him with his stories because <laughs> this guy has, you know, this guy's been a spy, uh, fought in wars, you know, he's been, speaks multiple languages and just is, you know, a, written novels and just an incredible mind. That's awesome. Yeah. Like he's, there is a generation of, there was like a generation of actors. It was like James Doohan in Star Trek, Scotty. Like this guy actually was in the Canadian, you know, Air Force, whatever, flew missions, bombing missions in World War II and stuff. And just, you know, the life that he lived up until, you know, then we think of like, ah, now he did something really cool. Like, well, you know, <laughs> a lot more there. So, uh, gentlemen, you want to do picks? Yeah, dude. I uh, I normally don't indulge in in this level of self promotion, but uh, I'm gonna pick Great Night. Uh, we had a really good week this week. We had uh, guests from out of town. We had uh, Matt Donnelly, the Mind Noodler. We had Andrew Heaton in town. Uh, uh, if if you've never seen our Tuesday night comedy shenanigans, uh, boy, we've really ramped things up uh, over the years. Um, and this week's episode is a bit chaotic, but. Uh, damned if I didn't burst out laughing rewatching it just this very afternoon. I mean, it's uh, uh, when we're good, we're very, very good. Yeah. Um. Uh. Uh. I. I. I'm trying to think. I. I don't know what, what I've got for a pick. A uh, great. Great night is 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 uh, is. I'll. I'll at least piggyback on that. We've. We've been. Um. You know, doing. Doing. Using the whole the new set and all the new stuff for for about three, three and a half months now. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we're, we're still iterating and finding new ways to build up on the format. And on the technical side, we've started using another camera, which, which helps make it look, you know, different in no, in its own way. So, uh, yeah, great, great night.tv or the podcatcher of your choice. Um, uh, I, I am going to, I'm going to triple down on a pick that I've made before, uh, the things app. I've, I've got a pro tip for the things app or for any to do, app if you've got it in your life all right here we go <clears throat> welcome uh, to bryce's pro 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 <laughs> tip 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 sip sips for apps 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 where you write stuff down 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 
if uh, if you have like a today list or a, a view where you can see all of the tasks that you've got to do right now, if see if you've got an option where when you mark it as completed that it doesn't disappear, where you keep all the things that you've done today on that page until the end of the day, so that you uh, you're, you have that validation, right? You're saying, oh wow, I really did eight, nine, ten things in the day, um, because I think that was something that I. I was having a very weird, uh, a little bit of weirdness with the Things app was because you because you hit it and it disappears right away, and um, uh, and that just gives you this feeling of like okay, I'm always, I've always got a shrinking to do list, but it's always to do, and having a little bit of that validation has 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 helped I think a little bit and keeping me motivated. So the, the that Things was app. your weekly Bryce 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 Pro 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 Tip 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 for apps 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 apps. apps, apps, apps. That involve all, all, all writing things, 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 things. I have a pick. I have a question that will seem like I'm digging myself back into a hole, but I'm hoping the reasoning for it will justify it. If you uh, ask I, again how a hole works. Uh, so how does it work? I'm not. Anyway. Uh, the, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, no. So I, I am behind on this show and after things because I have been listening to the audiobook of Mastermind. Uh, mm. how, how in depth have you guys talked about it? so far <laughs> not at all <laughs> not, not at all not, about as much as we've talked about my fire eating routine okay fair yeah. enough they fair know enough. i write books joe it's about fair it. enough fair it's enough uh i i listened to the audio so so it's twofold uh there there's two audiobooks because right after this i went right into another one which i'll mention in a moment but i mean First of all, no, I heard flattery will get you everywhere. Andrew, phenomenal. Like, I've loved both those characters <laughs> for such a long time. At the end of the last Theo Cray novel, when Jessica showed up, spoiler alert, they're, ah! both, they're both in this. It, it says they're both in this book. I, uh, it was great. It was wonderful. It was it was the same level of excitement I had when Nick Fury showed up at the end of the first. Ah! It was awesome. Yes. Spoiler <laughs> alert, uh, Bryce. Um, if you've never looked at a Marvel poster, uh, but uh, but no, just the way it it bounced back and forth between the two characters' points of view, and particularly the the audiobook readers at kind of as those characters, like just phenomenal on every every level. Um, and right, literally, oh, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> Within minutes of it ending, I was like, just so like jazz for it it was right when uh yours cruelly uh elvira dropped uh and it's oh, read cool. by cassandra peterson wow uh and nice. it's wonderful uh from the showbiz standpoint she tells stories oh, yeah, of, of everyone from uh she she claims uh siegfried offered to to, to bet her and and take her virginity which she politely declined that's what she claims in the book uh to, uh, to which siegfried replied <laughs> no, no he, apparent, <laughs> apparently he offered uh, apparently the, again she she goes through all the disclaimers and everything in the book but he hearing her actually read some of these harrowing tales in her own voice and like there's moments where like she's reading it as cassandra and then there's moments where like the Elvira tone and the quippiness will like slip in. It's it's a wonderful read. I got the actual book as well, and I plan on sitting down just reading the actual book at some point because I'd like to read it again. Uh, but um, but yeah, but just phenom again, both those on every level, phenomenal, especially as audiobook experiences. Right on. Thank yes. So funny story on the audiobook was I got from the uh, the 
the producers of the audiobook, they said, hey, here are two narrators we want you to check out to see if you approve. Like I get a limited say, but not really like they'll, the, I, I could object to somebody, but if I wanted to, but they said, hey, hey, what do you think is too? I'm like, uh, why didn't you get the guy who did all of the Theo Cray books and the woman who did all of the Jessica Blackwood books to do this? And they're like, oh, we didn't know that there were books before. I'm like, yes. What? Like, oh, <laughs> what? Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, why, why don't we? Do? And then they're like, and then they're like, oh, okay. And so they went and got the. And I'm glad that they did two voices yes. to them, not just have yes. one person do both of them. And then the fact that they went and got the original people to do them, I'm like, I was so. Th I'm like, I was like, hey, yeah. what are you crazy idea. Let's like, we'll damn yeah. keep doing them, and you know, so yeah, no, worth uh, it. Worth it, worth it, worth it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So I went through and I, uh, I've been watching just all these James Bond movies back to back instead of writing the next book in the Theo and Jessica <laughs> series, by the way, just like do right now because I'm just a procrastinator. Um, and I, it is interesting when you just kind of watch. I'm not letting myself watch anything else. I'm just watching them go one movie, then I'll watch behind the scenes. Which I do think up until up until Pierce Brosnan, they had these really cool behind the scenes docs that they would do with them, which was just a great kind of like understanding a lot of the story, the lore behind it. Because like you know, the names you see, like you know, Barbara Broccoli is one of the current producers. She's the daughter of Albert Broccoli, who uh, uh, was the uh, uh, producer of it. Started the series. You know, Albert Broccoli's you know cousin worked for like Lucky Luciano and like this crazy like crazy old Hollywood sort of story. Uh, Michael uh, Wills. Also, I think I, we we covered on Cord Killers that uh, Amazon recently bought all of the rights. It's a big deal, and the question is like, what are they going to do with it? Yeah, the MGM and all that. Yeah. yeah. So, Cubby Broccoli had remarried, married a woman who had a son, Michael Wilson. And basically became his stepson. And Michael Wilson worked worked his way from like being just an assistant to assistant to producing. Now the movies are produced by Barbara Broccoli, the daughter, and Michael Wilson. And Michael Wilson's a very interesting guy when you look at his story. His bio, his father uh, was the original Batman in the Batman serials. Oh, sorry, black and white ones. Wow. Yes. It's so, just like, like just, a car. Like I, I, the Batmobile I, I, is just like a car. Yeah. I did not know that anything wow. existed before the 1960s uh, in mm -hmm. color Batman. Well, there was, well, there was uh, the, they did a, yeah, there was a serialized uh, Batman series. Like the I mean, except for, of course, the comics before anybody mm -hmm. writes us. But also there was too, like, you know, the, you know, the story about kind of how Batman kind of like may have been kind of a ripped off. No, um, the the Bill so, Finger. Well, even though not even just the Bill Finger prior to uh, yeah, because Bob Kane and Bill Finger, the notorious like how much of this was was Bill Finger created versus Bob Kane. Um, it's all Bob Kane because I'm standing to inherit some Bob Kane art. But anyhow, um, <laughs> with uh, that's my official position. But uh, there was a play called like The Bat, and it involved mm. these people invited to this house and this kind of the gentleman killer who had like a bat symbol and a utility belt was going off offing all these other people. And, mm. and you look at this and it's, it's like, uh, the while, yeah. Uh, read the description. Um, wow. 
Uh, a three-act play by Mary Roberts, Reinhardt, and Avery Hopwood that was first produced by Lincoln, uh, Wagonhays, and Colin Kemper in 1920. Story combines elements of mystery and comedy as Cornelia Van Gorder and guests spend a stormy night at a rented summer home searching for stolen money they believe is hidden in the house while they are stalked by a masked criminal known as the Bat. The Bat's identity is revealed in the end of the final act. The play originated as an adaptation of Reinhardt's 1908 mystery novels uh, novel, The Circular Staircase, doesn't have the same ring. <laughs> Reinhardt and Hopwood altered the story to prepare for Broadway, including the titular antagonist. The connection to the, bat, to the novel led to a legal dispute. Blah, 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 blah. They, they may have a case if the Bat's real secret identity is Wayne Bruce. Or is a rich yeah. white guy. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember seeing a, a documentary about Bob Kane years ago and his uh, his wife, his second wife, uh, who was married to when he passed away. She said like he would just introduce himself like, hi, I'm Bob Kane. I'm the creator of Batman. Like that was the yeah. full introduction everywhere he went for everything. He just like not even subtly just just shoved it right into the introduction. I, I Billy Mummy, who was on like Lost in Face, or thinking had some story about that too, or something like that. How we like, oh well, Batman's doing this in the ratings or whatever, and you know, just like that. Yeah, that was this. That was this sort of his thing. The other, you know, the story is you know the the, the origins of Superman. Um, if you go back to the early early Simon and Schuster, I mean uh, Siegel and Schuster rather, Siegel and yeah. Schuster. There was a story, a book called The Gladiator by uh, Philip, Philip Wiley, who also wrote like the the Savage Man, which like, you know, that basically got ripped off for, like Doc Savage and the Savage Gentleman or whatever. And then the he wrote Gladiator, which was about this guy who was the product of his experiment, like his father put him in this heavy gravitation chamber. So he became super strong and then he went out and. There's so many similarities between that and like an early story by like Siegel and Schuster had written their their prototype Superman story that, yeah, they go, there's no mm. confirmation, but it's like you read their, you read this book and you read the early story and then the early stage of Superman and you're like, oh yeah, this influenced it, you know? Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Obviously. And that's not to say, oh, therefore everything you love is a fraud. It's all a lie. No, it's just, it's just these things just keep getting go back deeper and deeper and deeper but um so anyhow uh i would just say back to the bond movies i recommend it like every one of them i think is neat if you watch the evolution of what they're trying to do with each one when sean connery said he didn't want to do anymore it was putting them into sort of an interesting position so what did they do and the stoke the whole casting of george lazenby is fascinating lazenby had only been in commercials had never really acted before and heard that they were looking for a you know somebody to play bond and literally just like got a, went to sean connery's tailor got a suit that he'd never picked up showed up the offices barged his way in to get a meeting and says i'm you know, i'm here to play bond or whatever and then he gets they're like great we'll have you talk to the producers and he confesses to like the director or whatever is like i've never acted before I'm, i really don't know what to do <laughs> he's like listen you fooled everybody else so far wow and now, if you ever it seems watch, to me like you've done a lot of acting very good up until so, right uh, now. <laughs> he, he, he does. So they cast him in on Her Majesty's Secret Service, right? And it's actually, and that was the Peter Hunt who had been the editor of the films up until then, directed that. And it's a really kind of neat, the film from a style-wise, like from a 70s, sort of like it's late 60s, but getting that, there's really cool moments there. But Lazenby, there's, I used to go like, well, he does a really good because he plays his character with his voice and the voice is great. And later on, Hunt, you know, like watch the interview, Hunt's like, so we had him, he's playing, you know, he's playing this guy named Sir Hillary or whatever. 
you know, who I basically was a friend of ours or somebody we knew and we loved his voice because he had it. So I ended up just having that guy dub the entire voice anytime Bond speaks as that character. Wow. <laughs> Wow. So that's not lazy to be his voice because you hear it's like, wow, he's, his voice is really good. He's able to make like, nah, it's not his. Um, but Lazenby yeah. decided that he gets cast. The world is opening up for him. And in the middle of production, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm only doing one. I'm one and I'm done because I've got all these other offers and things I'm going to do. Wow. Uh, that is... Remember the next stage Lazenby movie? Anybody? No. <laughs> Anybody? Not so much. Uh, yeah. It is weird to wrap your mind around the fact that pretty much every movie you've ever seen that involves any outdoor scene ever pre, I don't know, 1985 or so, that's all ADR. Uh, that's all dialogue replacement after the fact in the studio. Like just mics were bad. They were hard to conceal. They were too big. Uh, you couldn't, you couldn't control sound in, in any case. So they like, like for example, Flash Gordon, um, that's not, uh, Sam, what's his name's voice the entire movie long. He quite literally was Sam just Wilson. busy yeah. the day that they were going to have him do all of the ADR. And he was busy like George Lazenby was. Right, was, right, right, right. Yeah, and, he, and, and couldn't couldn't make it. So they're like, whatever, we'll just get this other guy. So the whole movie long, that's not the actor's voice for that. Yeah, that was, yeah. Very common in Europe just to do other people's voices for it. Even still, though, if you go watch a big Hollywood movie, all of it's going to be ADR, almost all of it, like Marvel, all this sort of stuff. It's just well, and nowadays it's computer computer assisted ADR, where it's like they're able to fill in middle middle dialogue that gets changed. Matches and, better, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, still they do that. And I, somebody was describing like uh, I was watching, I think Red Letter Media, and you're watching mm. the uh, the. Bram Stoker's Dracula, and they're and they're they made the comment like they're like it's like Keanu Reeves just did the most flat ADR you could imagine, and and some <laughs> some they don't always like some actors they don't like some actors like they just don't want to do ADR and they have to get it on set because because that can be like who are you why are you here what is going <laughs> on so my pick is all the Bond movies all of them I think every person who played James Bond did something neat and different with the role and I think they're all all bring something cool to it. What I love about Roger Moore was Moore was just like, I'm going to play Roger Moore playing James Bond. Right. And, you know, he had a history of doing what they called light comedy and was just more, more wasn't trying to be anybody else. He's trying to be himself, you know? So cool. Gentlemen. Yes. It's been weird. Oh, <laughs> I didn't pay your waiting on that. <laughs> the Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.